Good morning. Good morning. Welcome to Clinton United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Michael. I'm happy to see you all here and welcome to those listening outside in their cars on the radio as well as those who will uh, listen to this later on in our podcast or our call-in number. It is the third Sunday of Advent um, and we have a, a special service today. We're going to be having our uh, Christmas pageant with all of our uh, little ones uh, during the service. Um, so the order of worship looks a little bit different than normal. Um, but I want to just thank uh, everybody for all of their uh, hard work on decorating and just everything else. Um, this year is starting to feel a little bit closer to normal um, amidst all of the other stuff going on. So... Um, we have some announcements, I think, yes? Yes, Shirley has one first. Good morning. Um, I have a grandson that is in the Air Force, and he went in January. He's been home one time, but he will not make it home for Christmas. And it's the first time he's ever been away for Christmas. I have a bunch of Christmas cards and some labels. If anybody would um, please send him a Christmas card. I have some stamps if you need a stamp. And I would really appreciate it. Thank you. Phyllis has asked that we um, remind you or tell you that there are three tables full of goodies from the food pantry back in the back part of the gym. So please go there, plus six gallons of milk. So, and now Diane. Good morning, everybody. I just want to thank you for all that you people always do to come through to help out others. And I couldn't see the tree as I ran in late this morning, but uh, after church last week, we were able to get more things on the tree for giving. And if you do not want to take that, I will be out there after church you can donate money. I will turn my back as you put it in the envelope because I do not care about what is given. But we have two families with medical problems this year that we do need gas cards for, which would be very much appreciated. So again, thank you for all that you do, and God bless you. Okay, Phil. <laughs> they can't hear you in the parking lot Different than us. Um, what I want to say is I want to thank all the women that made all the cookies for all the needy families. You can't believe how this is just a total Christmas present for them. They were all so delighted to get their box full of cookies. So thank you so very much from the bottom of my heart. I have two announcements. One, trying to start up the Sanctuary Choir. We did have some here this morning. Um, if you're interested in singing in the Sanctuary Choir, please get with me right after church uh, before you go back into the fellowship hall or anything um, so we can set up, so I can have an idea who's going to sing uh, and when would be the best time to practice because it doesn't do any good to have Roger and Jan and me and Martha here on Tuesday nights to rehearse if that's all we're going to get, or Wednesday night. Uh, second, if anyone's interested in doing anything special for Christmas Eve, 
If you want to sing a solo or a duet or play an instrument or read a Christmas poem, please get with me either right after church or email me because the minister and I are having a meeting Tuesday morning so that we can kind of finalize the Christmas Eve service. So if you want to do anything, please let us know because we don't want to exclude anybody that wants to partake in this great Christmas Eve tradition. I've been asked to read this uh, letter from Living in Lenaway Realty. It says, Dear Clinton United Methodist Church, on behalf of our clients and Janice and Ed Montalvo, we are pleased to offer this donation of $25 to show our appreciation to the Clinton Food Pantry in hopes that with this contribution it will help provide you with the resources needed to continue your endeavor to, to aid those in our Lenaway County community. In total, for our Giving Tuesday event, we were able to contribute 925 to 32 local Lenaway County charities, and they're, they're honored that we could be one of them. And they just say thank you for all that you do. Our other announcements I'll hit quickly. Candle orders, all who ordered, are, they'll be in. They made $507. Bell choir, if you want to participate, that's, please see that. That's in your bulletin. Anyone 10 years of age or older, especially in ringing for Christmas Eve, please contact Kim. Uh, one second. Yeah. We are rehearsing Thursday night at 6 o'clock so that the, the young ones can be home and not, not out too late on a school night. Thank you. Angel Tree Needs, um, Diane just mentioned that quickly, again, we need whatever we can get. We have the hat, mittens, and scars tree. Um, helping the local veterans, you can still do that and drop off things at Signature Sewing. We're still looking for cleaning help to help keep clean the building. We are all volunteers, and so anything that you can do to help would be good. Christmas past items, um, a Christmas room, past room was pretty well cleaned out. So if, as you're putting up Christmas items, if you have any you don't want to use again, please donate them. We save them for the next year. We're having the Christmas wrapping fundraiser. Need help getting all the presents wrapped. Um, we'll be here at the church on December 15th and 16th from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. to wrap. So if you can help with that, that would be greatly um, appreciated. There's a sign-up sheet in the narthex. Please remember that the 192 Ministries is this holiday season. It is a local Christian nonprofit, humanitarian aid, food relief organization whose purpose is to work toward eliminating hunger in Lenawee County, Michigan, and villages in Haiti. Um, you can check them out at www.192.org. I think that is everything. Yes. All good? All right, to begin our service this morning, we are going to start with our Advent meditation, and I'd like to invite the Smith family to come up and lead us in that. Good morning. 
Time of reflection. The best discussions of Mary's response recognize the pitfalls inherent in rendering Mary either a passive participant who has no choice but to submit to God's will or an autonomous individual who can choose differently than to bear God to the world. The doctrine of Christian vocation offers clarity. Mary's obedience is neither optional nor forced. Mary acts freely when she offers herself as a servant of the Lord. To embrace her identity as the mother of God is the only choice that is true to her calling because it is consistent with who she, is at, who she actually is. The selection of Mary to be the mother of Jesus is an occasion to spur Christians to exit the realm of predictability and open themselves up to the unexpected and the unimaginable. Are there certain characteristics of Mary that you most admire? Turn the tables of my expectations upside down and let me be an active participant in your grace. Amen. The candles on this wreath have their own special significance. The four candles represent the four weeks of Advent and one candle is lit each Sunday. Three of the candles are purple because the color violet is a liturgical color that signifies a time of prayer, penance, and sacrifice. The third candle is pink and symbolizes joy. It is called the shepherd's candle and is pink because rose is a liturgical color for joy. The third Sunday of Advent is... Gaudet. Thank you. Gaudet Sunday. Which means rejoice. And is meant to remind us of the joy that the world experienced at the birth of Jesus, as well as the joy that the faithful have reached the midpoint of Advent. Please join us in the hymn, Light the Advent Candle, Advent Song. And Martha's going to play it through once fully, and then we'll jump in the second time.
Um, if you would rise as you are able for our hymn, What Child Is This? Number 219. seated. It is now time for our children's Christmas pageant, so I invite you to uh, turn your attention to all of the magic, mystery, and wonder that our children will be bringing us. Throughout recorded history, mankind has sought a relationship with their creator, and since the very dawn of time, our creator has sought us. 
This is the story of how God's perfect plan of salvation, his one and only son, our Lord, Jesus Christ, came down from heaven as a humble babe, one chill and lowly night. Our story begins with Mary, a humble teenage girl, betrothed to a carpenter in her modest village over 2,000 years ago. In the sixth month, God sent an angel to Gabriel to Nazareth, a town in Galilee, to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored, the Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will be with child and give birth to a son. You are to give him the name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David and will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she who was said to be barren and is in her sixth month. For nothing is impossible with God. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May it be to me as you have said. Then the angel left her. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to his own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David. Because he belonged to the house, of da house and line of David, he went there to register with Mary who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger, because there was no room for them in the inn. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is, he is Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host 
appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace to men whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child, and all who had heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judah in Judea during the time of King Herod, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born King of the Jews? We saw a star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. When he called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of law, he asked them where the, where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For out of you will come a ruler who will be the shepherd of my people Israel. Then Herod called to the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. He sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me, so that I too may go and worship him. After they had heard the king, they went on their way. And the star that they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. They bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and of incense and of myrrh. So this concludes our story this morning, but it was only the beginning of God's perfect plan of salvation for all mankind over 2,000 years ago. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not per perish, but have eternal life. Like the humble shepherds who visited Jesus on the night of his birth, we too return home praising and thanking God for all that we have seen and heard. The gift that we are most grateful for this Christmas season is the gift of our Lord and Savior, our Messiah, Jesus Christ. As the children leave the sanctuary, if the congregation would please join us in singing the first verse of Away in a Manger, page number 217 in your hymnals.
All right. You should do that every Sunday. Joining Mary's joyful song, our souls proclaim the greatness of the Lord and our spirits rejoice in God our Savior. With humble and grateful hearts, let us bring our offerings to God. It is also Noisy Coin Sunday, and we're going to, I think, hopefully have uh, a couple of our, our actors come back to help with that. If you would please rise and join me in our doxology. God, your love is magnified in the gift of your Son, whom you so freely share with us. Bless these gifts that we offer to lift up the lowly and fill the hungry in your coming reign of justice and peace. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. I invite you to please remain standing as you are able for our next hymn, number 217, Away in a Manger. Mm -hmm. 
what? We'll start at verse 2. Picky, picky, picky. Cattle are lowing, the baby awakes. But little Lord Jesus, no crying he makes. I love thee, Lord Jesus, look down from the sky. And stay by my cradle till morning is nigh. Be near me, Lord Jesus, I ask thee to stay. Close by me forever and love thee, I pray. Bless all the dear children in thy tender care and fit us for heaven. would join me aloud in our prayer for illumination. Astonishing God, send your Holy Spirit upon us as we await the coming of your Son. Fill us with good things that we may conceive your reign on earth and glorify you according to your word through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. You may be seated. Before I read um, the scripture, there was another announcement I was supposed to make and forgot. Imagine that. Reminding you about the potluck, which is right after the service. Everyone is welcome. We'll have plenty of food. And also, Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus, or his assistant, will be here from 1 to 1.30 to 3 for photo ops. So you're welcome to join in that also. Scripture reading is Zechariah 1, 8 through 17 in the NRSV. In the night I saw a man riding on a red horse. He was standing among the myrtle trees in the glen, and behind him were red sorrel and white horses. Then I said, What are these, my Lord? The angel who talked with me said to me, I will show you what they are. So the man who was standing among the myrtle trees answered, they are those whom the Lord has sent to patrol the earth. Then they spoke to the angel of the Lord who was standing among the myrtle trees. We have patrolled the earth, and lo, the whole earth remains at peace. Then the angel of the, said, of the Lord said, O Lord of hosts, how long will you withhold mercy from Jerusalem and the cities of Judah, with which you have been angry these seventy years? Then the Lord replied with gracious and comforting words to the angel who talked with me. So the angel who talked with me said to me, proclaim this message. Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am very jealous for Jerusalem and for Zion, and I am extremely angry with the nations that are at ease. For while I was only a little angry, they made the disaster worse. Therefore, thus says the Lord, I have returned to Jerusalem with compassion. My house shall be built in it, says the Lord of hosts, and the measuring line shall be stretched out over Jerusalem. Proclaim further, thus says the Lord of hosts, my cities shall again overflow with prosperity. The Lord will again comfort Zion and again choose Jerusalem. 
the word of God for the people of God, and you say, thanks be to God. Our next hymn is number 229 in your red hymnal. seated. Our second scripture reading for this morning comes from the Gospel of Luke chapter 1 verses 26 through 38. This section of text is headed, The Birth of Jesus Foretold. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin engaged to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary, and he came to her and said, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was much perplexed by his words and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. The angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And now you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High, and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I am a virgin? The angel said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. And now your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who was said to be barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. Then Mary said, Here am I, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. This is the word of God for the people of God. And you say, Thanks be to God. I'd like to take a moment before I begin uh, the message uh, to... Uh, look at our uh, prayer requests there in your bulletin. Um, we are continuing prayers for the uh, Oxford community uh, where there was a school shooting not, not so long ago. Uh, we are continuing to pray for Rosemary who is recovering from COVID and for all of those who are uh, suffering from COVID right now. 
We are continuing to prayer for Susan, a friend of Sheila's who is battling cancer again. The experimental treatment that she had been on has stopped. Uh, it's not working, so prayers for her and for all of her doctors and uh, medical professionals as they look at what options uh, they can move towards next. Continue, please, to pray for Fred Bauman. Um, as we've said in the past, the bo his bones are not fusing well. He's going to have to wear a neck brace um, and will be in assisted living, and there's information there to send him cards. Um, continuing to pray for Wilda and Paul. Wilda is still recovering at home. Uh, continued prayers for healing. Uh, we continue to pray for Molly, who uh, is in need of healing prayers as she is conti continuing with her cancer treatment. Um, we're continuing to pray for Diane Wilcox and her family after the loss of their grandson, Justin. Uh, we are continuing to pray for the family and friends uh, and loved ones of Raymond, uh, who Luann and Rick are f uh, friends of. Uh, Raymond passed away uh, towards the end of November. We are continuing to pray for Nancy, Alice's sister, who has recently moved to an assisted living facility and is still um, working to adjust to uh, that. So prayers for her peace and comfort. Uh, prayers for Diane Gieske's sister-in-law, or the family. Uh, her sister-in-law passed away at the end of November. Um, so prayers for all of them. And also prayers for uh, Luann's daughters, um, Andrea and Crystal, who um, are both just uh, dealing with some family issues right now and are in need of uh, some prayers of, of peace and strength and calming. Um, so I ask that you please keep all of those people uh, in your prayers. Um, I also ask that you keep the Stony Creek United Methodist Church in your prayers. Some of you uh, know already, but uh, Friday morning I... Uh, went into the office to take care of a few things um, and found that the church had been broken into. Um, the one back door, the glass had been smashed in, and that's where uh, the individuals entered in. Um, my office and the church office were rummaged through all the cabinets and doors and drawers were open, um, and a door in between the offices was kicked through and split in half. Um, there was no other damage or vandalism found, though, um, and nothing was taken. We assumed they were looking for money, which I hate to say this. The sad thing is if these people went to church, they would know that most churches deposit their offerings Sunday or Monday. So coming on Wednesday night, you're not going to find much. Um, and there's no money in the pastor's office because that's something we've gotten out of the habit of doing because it tends not to be a good idea so um but just prayers for uh for that for that church and congregation and prayers that for whoever uh did that if if it was about looking for help or money that that they come to know that there's other ways to get that and that if they would reach out to the church that the church would be happy to do what they could to help them so um, so please keep all of that in your prayers. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. Yes. Um, 
Absolutely, uh, and as well, I know uh, Illinois got got it pretty bad, including um, a factory or an Amazon warehouse in Illinois that should not have had anyone in it because they knew it was coming, but uh, several people were injured there. And yes, obviously Kentucky. Let's take a moment real quick. Um, Holy God, you've heard the things that we have lifted up, and we especially now lift up all of the people in the places that were uh, affected by the storms and the hurricanes, tornadoes, all the just mess and disaster. We pray for those people who have gone on to you in glory, but we pray for their families and loved ones who are still here and mourning their loss. We pray for the first responders and um, police, firefighters, rescue workers who are trying to still find people amongst the rubble. We pray for the people who have no homes, no businesses, who are looking at starting over from scratch. We pray that we pray that everyone in our country might find a way to reach out and and offer help and support, whether through prayer or through giving or volunteering, whatever each person could offer. This kind of tragedy is always awful, but it seems to hit a lot harder, especially this time of year. God, we ask that you would make us to be your hands and feet. Make us to be your light in places that are dark right now. And please, may your Holy Spirit come and comfort those who are left devastated in these storms. Amen. If you would join me once again in a prayer. O loving God, who gave us the true joy of this season through the birth of your Son, our Savior, we come to you this morning celebrating that joy of this Advent season. We ask that you guide us in our celebration by bringing a joyful peace to our hearts, quieting our minds, and freeing us from distractions as we listen to your holy message for us today. And now may the words of my mouth, the meditations of our hearts together in this place, be pleasing in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Well, good morning again to you all as we continue in our venture through this Advent season. We are now in the third week of Advent, and so far we have covered a message of hope, and then last week a message of faith. And now today we come to a message of joy. And each of these messages were delivered by an angel, whether named or unnamed. Throughout both the Old and New Testaments, angels have been acting as God's messengers to humanity, and this week's story focuses on a very special message delivery. Our reading is about the delivery of this message of joy to the whole world. From an unbelieving priest, who we know is Zachariah from our first week, to a young virgin Mary, who we will look at and visit with today, to a questioning fiancé, one carpenter named Joseph from last week, to common shepherds out in the field at night and several others, 
all of these people were met with messages by angels. And the impact of each of these messages that it had on these people was profoundly life-changing in so many different ways. We too then must also ask ourselves if each of these people could be led to see the incarnation through the eyes of the angels, are we not also invited to do the same? So joy. I don't feel like it's a word we really use all that much in our world today. I mean, outside of maybe products like Almond Joy or Joy Dishwashing Soap or singing the hymn Joy to the World, when was the last time that you heard the word joy, or at least outside the context of church? And for that matter, when was the last time you heard someone use it to describe their feelings or their state of mind? When was the last time you heard someone say they felt joyful or maybe they were full of joy? I'd be willing to guess that it's been quite some time for most of us. The word joy is one that it seems to have kind of fallen by the wayside in our world's word usage. Now, I am not a linguist by any mean or have any other training that would afford me the ability to explain when or how this may have happened, but I do have some guesses that might have led to some of it. Obviously, this pandemic has sucked the joy out of almost everything. That's probably not the only reason, though, that some of us, or maybe even all of us, have forgotten what joy really is. We are so far removed from the time when this message was delivered that I'm not always sure we really even know what joy means. And the most unfortunate part of that reality is that, that we are the kind of people that the message was not only delivered to, but was maybe really intended for. Now, that's not to say that the message of Christ's birth was only intended for some. It is a message, a worldwide message of joy. But the angels, they brought these messages to everyday kind of people. They didn't go to the chief priests, the Jewish elders, or, or anyone like that. Now, I'll be honest. I recently have struggled to find rest in and live into joy due to some of the events of the past weeks and days. Obviously, the school shooting in Oxford, Michigan has left me drained of joy, both as a parent and as a sibling of teachers. The storms that have ravaged through these areas and taken lives has taken my joy. And the break-in at Stony Creek has sapped almost anything that might have been left. I'm thankful that each of those incidences were not worse than they were, because each one of them could have been catastrophically much worse. But if I'm honest, I am struggling to find joy right now. And when we look back at our reading from Luke's gospel, we find someone else who, who might have struggled to find joy 
in their situation had things maybe been a little bit different. We enter our story, as we heard from our children earlier, with Gabriel being sent to God, or sent by God to Nazareth, to the town, this little tiny town in Galilee. And Gabriel, we know Gabriel. Gabriel brought a message to Zachariah and Elizabeth about having a son who would be John the Baptist. Gabriel seems to be pretty busy these days delivering messages out and about for God. So Gabriel goes out to Nazareth and he finds this virgin engaged to a man named Joseph from the house of David. I wonder who that could be. Well, of course, we know it is Mary, whether from our children's pageant or from hearing the passage read again or just from having heard it many times over our lifetime. Gabriel finds Mary and he says to her, Greetings, favored one, the Lord is with you. Now, Mary doesn't seem to respond with something like, Oh, hey, nice to meet you. Want some coffee, something? No, just like probably any of us would, she is much perplexed by what Gabriel says and trying to figure out what he means. Notice, though, that unlike Zechariah, Mary is not described as being afraid at the presence of Gabriel, where we are told in Zechariah's story that he is afraid. So maybe Gabriel simply startled Zechariah in the temple, causing him to be afraid, or maybe he was afraid at seeing an angel, and Mary's just a really tough, smart young woman, and she's not afraid of anything. Bring it on. Or somewhere in between, or a combination of both. To make this debate even more confusing, though, Gabriel does say to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now that sounds more to me like Gabriel was assuring Mary about the greeting that Gabriel had just offered, not so much about Gabriel's appearance or presence there. Gabriel continues to inform her that she will conceive in her womb and bear a son, and she will name him Jesus. Now, while the news of becoming pregnant might be welcomed by many people, especially someone like Elizabeth, who had struggled to conceive for so long, Mary's situation made these words maybe not so exciting to hear right away. Mary was a virgin and engaged to Joseph. If she were to be found with child before they were married and had been together, Joseph could divorce her publicly humiliate her, even put her life in jeopardy, and have her stoned. As I mentioned last week, a bride's virginity was a really big deal back in that time and in that culture. This part of Gabriel's message could have been seen as a death sentence at worst, and a life exiled from family and loved ones at best. Thankfully, though, this is not the end of Gabriel's message. Gabriel continues saying, he will be great and will be called the son of the most high and the Lord God will give to him the throne of his ancestor David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and of his kingdom there will be no end. Okay, now that, that all sounds pretty good. And if one is to believe Gabriel's words, it would probably be safe to assume that things are going to work out with the whole marriage thing in one way or another in the end. 
So this message is starting to sound a whole lot better. Mary is going to become the mother of a man unlike ever before, according to this heavenly messenger. But Mary, just like everyone else, it seems, who has a conversation with Gabriel, questions it and asks Gabriel, how can this be since I am a virgin? Well, now we have a problem. Someone has again questioned Gabriel's message. Do you remember the last time that happened? Yeah, that was Zachariah, and he couldn't speak until John was born. So what's going to happen to Mary? Is she going to be silenced as well, or maybe something worse? She did the same thing that Zechariah did. The angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be holy. He will be called the Son of God. Really? Zechariah gets called out for not believing Gabriel's word. The holy message. But Mary, she gets a nice explanation. That's not fair. Now, you could make the argument that since Zechariah was a priest, he should have had like more faith or something, or maybe been more accustomed to the whole angel visiting and yeah, we, we're more likely to cut Mary some slack here. She's a young person, somewhere between 14 and 16, most likely. So you wouldn't necessarily have the same expectations of her that you might have for Zachariah when it comes to messages from angels, I suppose. It still seems kind of unfair, but whatever. Well, then Mary or Gabriel tells Mary about her relative Elizabeth, same one from our first week, who... And I quote, in her old age, what a great way to be acknowledged. In her old age has conceived a son, and this is the sixth month for her who is said to be barren. For nothing is impossible with God. That might be one of my favorite sentences in all of scripture. For nothing is impossible with God. So not only is Mary given a pass on the whole questioning the angel thing, She's also offered more reassurance in the evidence of Elizabeth's situation. I will say, though, that when we look at Mary's response to all of this at the end of our reading, that might offer some insight into why she seems to maybe be given a little bit of grace, if you will. Because Mary says, Here am I, the servants of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. We have this young woman. She's engaged, soon to be married, being presented with this future reality that is, it's not only going to change her world, it's going to change the whole world. And she openly accepts this fate that Gabriel has brought to her. Now, Luke is the only gospel writer who tells this part of the story. So we don't have anything else to compare it to. We're not told anything else about Mary's reaction to this whole situation other than what she says in her acceptance of it. We don't know if she cried, whether happy, sad, or terrified. We, we don't know if she smiled or laughed or 
gave Gabriel one of those what are you talking about looks. So it, can we really say just based on what is right here in the words that this is a message of joy? Well, I think there's a couple ways we can look at this. We know that not being able to have a child was a challenging reality for a wife in this time period and culture from what we saw with Elizabeth. So given that, Mary may have felt some joy and some uh, reassurance in receiving this promise to bear a child. She wouldn't have to go through the difficulties that Elizabeth originally faced in her community about her reputation and her duty as a wife to her husband. And because Mary is being told and knows that she is going to have this child, she is knowing she will be able to fulfill that part of her duty to her husband. So, yeah, it wasn't going to be his child per se, but a special child, an amazing child, and not one that was conceived out of wedlock in some torrid affair or scandalous cheating on Joseph. Just from those things, I think we can see some ways that this would be a joyful message for Mary. But this is also a message of joy for the world and creation, even if the world wouldn't maybe hear it directly for a little bit longer. But the world, not just Mary, is being promised a great person that is coming into the world, the Son of the Most High. This is the promised Messiah that God's people and the whole world had been waiting for and wanting for for so long. And finally now, this promise from so long ago was going to be fulfilled. This is a message of joy beyond anything that has ever before been seen or occurred. It is a message for all people in all times and all places. Although, as we will see later on with King Herod and a few others, they might not see it quite as such a joyful message. One of my favorite hymns that we typically sing around this time of year is 246, Joy to the World. We haven't sung it yet today, and we're not going to finish it with the service with it today, but it is coming soon, I promise. But even from a child, I can still remember that hymn has always made me feel a sense of excitement and joy, almost overwhelming in a way, but a very positive one. And even though there have been several events lately that have been the complete opposite of joyful, that hymn and this message from Gabriel still help me find joy and turn me around again when I feel lost. I hope and I pray that it can and does do the same for each and every one of you. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is number 249. There's a song in the air, and I invite you to please rise as you are able.
Beloved children of God, do not be afraid, for God is with you and will strengthen you in your journey through Jesus Christ, to whom be the glory forever. Magnify the Lord and rejoice, for nothing, nothing is impossible with God. And the blessing of God who creates, redeems, and restores be with you now and forevermore always. Go and serve the Lord. Amen. Don't forget, if you want to see me about choir right after church, and also bell choirs at 6.30 on Thursday. 6 o'clock Thursday.